Welcome to Esoterotica's True Confessions, October 14th, 2020. Beyond the enticing religious connotations or the fraught legal ones, have you ever really thought of what it is to confess? Confession is an admission of not only our authentic truth, but also our culpability in that truth. The shedding of shame, the vulnerability, the absolution we find in no longer hiding. Esoterotica specializes in telling true stories, but each night that we have braved true confessions, we encourage each other to go deeper, be braver, and hold ourselves accountable. Mike Marina opens the show with a confession we all know too well, that of regret of what we would do differently if only we could. If I knew the last time I kissed you was going to be the last time, I would have kissed you differently. No coying smiles, glinting mysterious eyes, no tease. I was so sure that the next time was around the corner. It seems foolish. Because no one knew what was around the corner. I would have savored your touch, the honey sweet of your lips, the laughter of near-miss kisses, the hungry, voracious eyes. When you flip your switch, flip and pin me, it would have been different. Every day, I chew on I miss you's while my memory repeats every action, faintest touch when my tongue hits the S's. I feel your kiss like a whisper or the favorite line of your favorite song that you repeat to yourself because if you misremember it, the meaning behind the whole song is warped. I fall into the spaces within the Y, the O, and the U, the hollow space within my arms. You should fill the melody of my day without the song of your voice is a permanent minor key. And if I only knew that lonely is a drop of a word describing an ocean of depth, that discipline is the crack of a whip flaying the flesh of my own desires. If I only knew that the last time I kissed you would be the last time that I kissed you, instead of kissing you like a tease or a question, I would have kissed you like it was a statement, a declaration, a promise that we are still here, that I am still here, no matter what comes next. Our next provocateur, Ruby Shears, shares confessions of disappointment. How lovers have disappointed her, how she has disappointed herself, and how to move forward after our rose-colored glasses have been shattered. Four Lovers, Four Confessions One You did ask me if I could do this. Said you had doubts. But neither one of us wanted to miss out, so I said that I could. Put my flesh in your hands and expected you to carry me. We spent the next few weeks pretending that we didn't see the end of our world coming that he didn't feel your arms shaking with the effort of wanting. We couldn't hear the warning bells over the passionate swells of ignorance. 
I was obviously still the kind of girl who pushed too far and tried too hard when I should have just held steady, searching for something I was supposed to want, trying to make you something that you were definitely not. And yet, there we were, sweating our insecurities into each other's sheets, tongues lapping up stories we were already bored of. With every lingering kiss, you began to feel more awkward, obtuse. I kept trying to imprint myself onto you, but only came away heart sore and body bruised. I should have told you no, that I couldn't fuck you without trying to love you, not yet. Two. I want you to know that every moment of fear I gave to you was a lie. I was never afraid. I was curious. I wanted to know. To know what it would feel like to be hunted by you. I wanted to see if you could deliver everything you claimed so loudly. I wanted to taste your victory through your skin, your mouth, your cock. You were overflowing with feelings that slipped through my fingers like mercury, so I immersed myself in you. Made meals out of your arrogance, bathed in your petulance, swallowed your pride. All in an effort to keep some for myself. You were full of this stuff, so I didn't think you'd mind. Too preoccupied with casting the biggest shadow in the room, you forced perspective. Demanded attention, but never thought to worry about what such a close spotlight would reveal. To this day, I am disappointed that you think I was ever in love with you. Three. If I had the patience to change myself for you, I would. But I've spent too many years faking orgasms and explaining my plot points. I don't need someone to pour shots or roll joints. I am looking for a lover who gets it and can get it. A lover who doesn't need directions but can take direction. Who can follow the stretch-marked paths of my body without checking their phone once. I deserve a lover who's willing to take the time to wander, explore, pitch a tent, and stay the night because life is too short to waste it trying to squeeze into someone else's box. If you wanted me, You should have made room. Four. I was hard on you those first three months. You came into my life when I had decided I was my only love. You asked for a date, and I told you to convince me that I would rather spend time with you than with myself. You did not. But you didn't run away either. Instead, you offered bite-sized pieces of yourself to me in darkened movie theaters, 
Over dinners full of indulgence and conversations free of judgment, you were my fresh start. The first to receive every part of me willingly. You listened when I said slow and never hesitated when I said stop. You proved yourself worthy. Until you weren't. Until you decided it would be easier to lie, easier to deceive, easier to leave than to just talk to me. I will always carry the knowledge that you failed me. Like a disappointed parent who knows that their child could have done better but accepts that it is out of their hands, I loved you with everything. I gave you everything and you wasted it. But after all of this and more, I have no regrets. I only mourn. Each lover was a lesson marked well upon my heart to stay true to myself. To believe in my worth, to see my own beauty and to never, ever settle for less. This next poem seeks neither absolution nor unburdening, endeavoring instead to relish in confession ceremonies, which can be as comforting as thumbing a prayer bead or thumb-pressing ash into your forehead. I am Shadow Angelina. Sometimes, when you touch my body, I explode into ash. Your hands rake and grasp to hold as I fall away for a moment. My ears ring, and there is no oxygen. Eyes clench with jaw and fist. Knots within me loosen violently. I am discorporate. Adrift. How can skin to skin dissolve me like this? Regaining myself looks like jasmine vines, seeking, curling, coiling, even as I am more serpent than blossom, attempting bloom and strike. At times, the strength of my desire can crack the earth in two, raining a blaze around us until the scorch smells of sweet grass and campfire. My embers, smeared on your fingers and lips, I have witnessed you anointed by it, baptizing yourself profane and yet somehow holy. I have watched you find yourself inside of me. This body is a weeping, a reaping. It is a lie struggling to become a truth. It is a eulogy and an epithet. It is a hex. It is an attrition and a promise never quite kept. And for as vulnerable as I get, I am still an expert at keeping you at arm's length until I pull you so close I'm sorry for the vertigo. Your lips 
Sip at the whispers drifting off my shoulders. I will moan for you. Feathers falling from my elbows. Watermarks rising from your skin. Maybe we can write the elegy before the morning begins. In the darkness, we create our own shibboleth. When you're inside of me and can't feel my breath, you check. Be careful not to catch my death. Sometimes, when you touch my body, I explode into ash. Meredith Ann is the first virgin voice we've had since our show left the stage and went online. My confession is that I have had a crush on her for, I believe it's been 15 years now. After hearing this piece, you will easily see why, and why that isn't going anywhere, anytime soon. Hi. You've reached Meredith. I can't come to the phone right now, because I am busy drumming up the willpower to stop checking the screen every two minutes. To stop giving away way too many fucks. I want to make room in my headspace for more than the habitual chase. I am so tired of begging to be loved. Sometimes I still want to wear you like my favorite perfume. I miss glowing under the heat lamp of your gaze on the same side of the booth, your fingers between mine. I miss writing sonnets across your skin with my hands the sweet, soft heat of our entangled tongues. Now I taste loneliness, like the ashy remains of a nevermore forever. Meant to be is such an interesting concept, don't you think? I tend to vacillate between earnest belief and nihilistic cynicism because I can never quite decide which holds the better lessons. Meant to be? I can assure you that I did not mean for my huge feelings to fall head over heels. I didn't mean to give in to the compelling fear of being too much and not enough all at once. I didn't mean to be so uncomfortable in public that I never wanted to go out, and so lugubrious in private you never wanted to stay. My heart is learning to make honey again. I'm hoarding every drop of nectar. Did you know that there are species of wasps that produce honey too? I can't come to the phone because I am my own apiarist now. I'm otherwise engaged in fighting the knee-jerk holler of old feelings, racing each other down the familiar roots of my overworked neural pathways. I'm hoarding the loneliness. I'm making it sweet, just for me. I am the careless energy of habitual patterns. I am the tower tumbling to the ground. I am the pieces of all these new beginnings. 
I am the intentional act of coming home to myself. This piece is a duet from 2018 between Jeff Munsterman and Shadow Angelina. Title I was shaped by the experience of growing up on a vast, powerful body of water. I don't always deal with love. Growing up along the river is a lot of standing on the bank and watching ships pass. The coast where I learned to love is named for the ships and lives lost to its waters, to the treasure found there long after the fish have had their fill of the dead. Chaos comes different. Let it burrow into banks, blanket the batcher with jetsam. In grief, you are the jetsam. Discarded by the ships delaying an eventual going down by sending you down first. The earliest settlers built their homes from the wrecked ships that would wash ashore. I would stand on the rocks at Rand's Pier and imagine everything that floats and everything that sinks, imagining myself a mermaid whose cave was wallpapered with their gold and silver coins, whose grandmother had caused the wreckage generations before. I only saw the ocean once, drove an hour with strange women still carrying brisk Ohio on their pierced tongues. Pacific coast cold enough to see breath, standing at her precipice, I felt chest level, her gruff moaning and ceaseless screaming in a language not my own. My body does not frame a continent. It splits down the muddy middle, spills through towns subsisting on nothing but gossip and chopped up hot dogs thrown over Easy Mac. The South Atlantic coast is salty dog fishermen on bar stools, too in need of money to enjoy their own catch, is eating conch fritters while sitting on a dock and telling the pelicans to fuck off, is life being inexplicably weird and no one batting an eye because you forgot to notice how odd life gets at this level of salinity. Or mangroves nurture baby sharks to maturity and huge, gentle manatee. In the same waters. Don't let the stillness fool you. Her yank can mandate a funeral procession. Respect her viciousness always. Above all, learn that expert navigators don't tame the water so much as ask its clemency. Taking on faith it's granted, unknowing until they moor. Waves come in sets. They build. There's a rhythm to them, and it can feel like a violent dance. I'm six. I fall off the dock, sandwiched between it and the boat. Unconscious, I'm dragged along the hull. No one knew to look for me. Nobody knew I was missing. I wake to water, churn from my lungs in later life. I imagine every mermaid as Ruth Patnode, my brother's third girlfriend, and my first kiss giving back a life I no longer had right to. When you aren't prepared, and one takes you, your body is no longer under your own control. You are ripped from your feet, thrown into a spin as the curl of the wave rolls you. She has no pity. She has zero patience for your incessant need to take in oxygen, 
dominatrix, goddess of turbulence and silt. She will strap you down and make you beg for use of your own lungs until you're left starving. Water is forced into your nose, down your throat. You are slammed to the bottom. Don't exhale. You need your oxygen. You don't know how long you'll be down here. You don't know which way is up. There is sand in your mouth. Your lungs scream. You feel yourself dying. You feel yourself panic. Relax. Against every instinct, relax your entire body and mind. Allow yourself to be rolled, ground up into the shells made up of millions of dead creatures' bones. Be still amid the overwhelming. She will spit you to the surface. She will swallow your city, wrap her lips around your town. She will sit, patient, in pictures at the hearings where no one takes the blame. My body remembers each indignity. Takes them all knowing no one dishes more voracious. And when you emerge, there's sand ground into your hair, clinging to your lashes. That first breath is a balm to a wound deep in the center of you. Most people cough, terror in their eyes at finally knowing just a whisper of her. They scramble clumsy, away from the water, away. Get away. If you've ever seen me after a roll, I'm grinning like a mad child. Were you to drown with me, we'd know the intimacy of water pressing at our lungs from both sides. The conviction to survive. Just one breath. If it's a final one, let me share mine. Literally, take my breath away. Consume me until even my bones nourish you. Let pieces of me travel the currents until my cells exist on every shoreline. Let me love the rocky inconsistencies of your coasts and your glorious, dirty center. Tell me what excites you, gets you off. Collapse into me. Make me your shoreline as you spread and waver. Suscitate your senses as you fall, rise, fall with a gasp that ignites the moonlight's mercy. Drowning can be torture or ecstasy. As you break over me, make me ripple with light. Linger with me in moonlight while she pulls us skin drenched. Make me wetter. Do you have something sexy you would like to share? Email us to submit your original erotica or get more information at info at esoterotica.com. Pansexual shows how in the confessing of truth, in digging into the pain rather than running from it, glossing over it, or distracting ourselves from it, we can sometimes, if we are very lucky, find hope on the other side. This last year has been hard. 
one of the hardest of my life so far, and I hope that not many, if any, will ever compare. I have lost people, I have lost love, I have lost freedoms, and I felt my ability to connect with my own sensuality fading. Fading as if it had always been a dream. This is truth. It is bare, raw, and screaming. Though the more time that passes, the more muffled its cries have become. I have felt the days slipping through my fingers one by one as time seemed to only be defined by labor and labor and necessity to combat a more brooding sense of failure. My artistry, though still present, feels dulled by the losses, and so I've begun to relearn how to hone the blade of my own dreams. It is slow. I feel as if I am new to this. Though I have sharpened many hopes throughout the years, I wanted to wrap these words in silk and sluttery and gift them to you with legs agape, but I am still unbinding my own eroticism that I've tied in knots made of this year's failures and losses. It is not so easy to undo your own ropes. This is truth. I am still struggling. But there is hope. And I slowly put it to the whetstone back and forth, back and forth. Every positive action another polish to an edge. Every word that's penned staves off another sense of dread. Every kiss that's shared another quickened pulse. A languid come-hither stare. A whisper of starlight touching bare skin. A skirt just high enough to hint at devious behavior. Sharpens hope. And cuts away at bindings built of loss. This is truth, my true confession. I hope it loosens knots for you to free your inhibitions. Perhaps we'll meet under a wild moon, unfettered by what lay behind us, free, wild, with hope like knives against the coming darkness. You'll know me by my howl. My lips and body yours to take. Let us hone a glimmer into each other's skin and leave this year strewn in our passionate wake. Thank you. Our next provocateur is Juliette Rose, who writes of a confession that has led to untold heaps of broken hearts, of affairs and attraction, of betrayal and truth, of the pain we feel when we know what we wish we didn't. This piece is called Just Friends. Each affair I have with you, I expect to feel more wrong than the last. To hear the lurching of the karmic scales, the clink of metal measuring the gravity of our wrongdoing. Just Friends doesn't do us justice. Our lines always so easy to cross and tangle and blur. I love my best friend. I'm in love with my best friend. A tired trope. I've cheated on partners with you in ways that made them feel like the interlopers in our story. Sometimes the only one I wanted to read. 
I've cheated on partners with you, either in reality or in my mind, imagining it's you I'm waking up beside so intently. It feels more like a love spell than a wish. Each time we're falling headfirst into the sky, drunk on too much spiced rum and good music and each other, telling ourselves we're just hanging out. And it's only the rum that brushes our shoulders together, pulls me into your lap, makes us whisper, I love you. Until it doesn't feel like falling anymore, sugar, I got you. And I remember it doesn't work like this. No, it only works like this. I'm not one to plan much for the future. It always seemed like testing fate somehow to accept I've made it this far to assume I'll go further. So I try to magnify my staying power, even as I whirl cosmogyral through past and present, having given up making linear sense of it. When we're still sober, at the beginning of any given just hanging out, I'm probably giving you advice on how to mend an argument with the woman you love, not thinking, wouldn't it be easier if, no longer questioning what it takes to be a woman you love, if I am enough woman or too much tomboy friend, another tired trope, do you see me like one of the guys fucking exhausted? Because we have dated before. Been just friends even longer, and I am secure in our love's special staying power. Just as sometimes all I'm sure about is you. And in our orbits, swinging wildly through the ether, mine, manic and witchy, yours in the shadow of a family legacy bigger and heavier than you, terrified of getting too old to still be so malleable. Both of us caught in the middle of a book we waited desperately to be released, but we shut it on some half-folded Bromart receipt because we want to put off knowing how it ends. And if our just friendship is the only certain thing in the ricochet of crashing meteors that we're calling 2020, in the midst of a universe seeming endlessly on the brink of collapse, well, that's just okay. Because I am made of stars when you touch me, and it doesn't fucking matter if they're already a thousand years dead. I don't need to know that yet. But I do know that meteor glass called tektite has a hardness softer than a diamond proving you don't have to pretend to be tough to have gone through some serious shit. You are as much your father as I am my mother. Which is to say, only partly. And if a string of late night or mid-afternoon moments with my best friend, moments that already feel stolen because we're all on borrowed time now, are wrong? Well, I know my role. In just friends. I know that she comes back or doesn't. That sometimes the ache in my heart will burn. Until my chest feels raw. And whether that's the Catholic guilt or the endless longing. 
at least I have someone to drift with when the stars go out. Poignant procrastinator confesses that which we rarely speak to those closest to us, who rely on us, the confession that sometimes all we want to do is leave. Sometimes it feels impossible to honestly question why we are the way we are. At the author's request, this piece has been proxied by Shadow Angelina. It's not a thing. Unpacking this shit is not what I am trying to do. I was literally banking on never doing this. Packing to go is exciting. Motivating. Packing to leave is when things get messy. I've got garbage bags of bullshit and all these suitcases and I'm so tired and lagged. I'm not trying to do this. It's not fair. I put that stuff away and constantly sort and dispose to always stay packing ready. Shit is annoying. But I can't get over the adrenaline of travel. That's my happy place. Agonizing as the process is, at any given moment, just two suitcases. Me and somewhere pretty. I am in desperate need of another vacation. But one thing at a time, I'm putting things in their place and sit down in this common space. It's agitating, boring, too hot or too cold. This house breathes mess and the walls are so thin and bare. Every home has its lifetime and mine is about to run out its clock. I can't believe... I signed this lease. Two or three more years, max, and I gotta go. I don't know where, though. Thumb through the thoughts of mountains and molehills. I wonder if there's anything for rent. By the old identity complex, it's close enough to where I left my eating problems. I could probably drop in and say hi. No. It was so cold there, I would hate it. Probably wouldn't last more than a year with all that chill. I know I could get a cottage summer home style by the lake of my old soulmate's new path, but live in it, you know, full time? That was always my favorite mistake. Any good reason, or bad, to run away through the woods at night passionate relationship the wind has with the trees in the fall, brining in the depression. It is beautiful. Wait. I could just wait it out. The kid's getting older. It'll be easier and other beautiful things that were once lies. Stone and rust moving against concrete, forged in history, ready to be pillaged, biting back at every step on the pavement, proving disjunct to relaxation and demanding absence, hitting every beat of that beat. Why am I moving so much? I can't for the life of me find that envelope. 
Have you seen the blue suitcase? The wheels on this one is broken. So I'm going to go put the bag of duffel bags into it and get rid of the broken ones. Yeah. When I go home, I'll bring this one because it has enough room to bring my dad gifts and to bring home a new sense of apathy. But I don't really care if the TSA takes the toiletry bag from American, even though it is sturdy enough for the weight of being abandoned, strung along and rejected by the 634th waste of energy. The zipper's broken anyway. Don't worry, I can pack tomorrow. Yeah, it's... It's no big deal. It's one thing, and I have the bags. Oh. Okay. You're right. I should stay home this time. No, I hear you. It makes no sense to plan a trip if I don't know where I'm headed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, I hear you. I gotta unpack. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. I'm tired. Fine. I'll do it tonight. But I promise not to do it like it was yesterday. Ame's Savant confesses everything, and in her openness requires the same transparency from you. She asks, can you accept someone else without your past or your fantasies getting in the way? Do you have the courage to be who you really are when someone else is watching? What if we decided to treat our lovers well on purpose, not because we are afraid we would lose them or because we had something to prove? Chose them with passion and not preconceived ideas, kept our promises and shared what made us powerful, not flexed it or flaunted it, took more than we gave, used it up or threw it away. What if we were honest with ourselves and thus with them, not hiding the pieces of us we wish weren't there or don't think that they would want to see? What if we stopped? Pretending, playing nice, playing games, protecting our fragile egos from what could happen if we finally acknowledged, admitted, accepted the truth of what we really need and that it may be possible for us to be loved for who we really are. Be honest with yourself or you're not being honest with me. Trust me, when I get to know you, I don't want the sanitized version of your psyche, details designed for mixed company mass consumption. I want the stories you only tell your friends, frightening in their experience and exposure. I'm saying I need full disclosure, because when I take you into my bed, I don't want to be fucking your five-year plan or going down on your dreams. I want to consent to you, not someone a little more or a little less, someone who forgot to say they're still hung on their ex or who cuts and runs as soon as they're pressed. Own up. Come fucking fast. I get the right to choose your baggage and your bullshit. I don't care if you desperately deep down to the bottom of your boots wish it weren't true. You can be whoever you want to be. Just don't lie about it to me. When I kiss you, I want to taste your I am. And in the heat of your mouth on mine, feel your expansive everything. The authentic, imperfect humanity of you. 
the strength it took to make it here and the times you almost didn't. The drive to fulfill your desires and the fear that you will ultimately fail, the times you were great and your past mistakes. Trust me, I want to consent to you, all of you, but only if you give me passion and not posturing. That's the bed I want to make because that's the bed I want to lie in with you. Yeah, sex is cool, but have you ever let yourself be so open with a lover that the intensity of catharsis that came with orgasm made you cry? Like sob, actual tears of relief, but also grief for the past selves who desperately needed but never could have let themselves feel this kind of love? What if you did, and this time you didn't run? And neither did they. What if this time they stayed and you said, Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is okay. And with that, we come to the end of Esoterotica's True Confessions. Confession is an act of reflection and intimate revelation. We thank you for bearing witness to ours. Please join us in two weeks for our theme, Myths and Lore. Humans have been storytellers for as far back as we have communicated. In the enduring stories we tell, we find glimmers of us that last beyond time. I am excited for what shape our gods and monsters, fairy or folk tales, myths and lore will take. From now till then, tis the season to reach into your depths, your strange, your veil. What makes your anticipation begin? That warmth at the base of your spine that grows and spreads up through you as temperatures drop, the foliage changes, and we feel the coming of Halloween and the encroaching dark. Music tonight was Vintage Beat by Ketza. If you are able, please drop a tip in the digital hat. The money will be split between the writers who are mostly out of work. Thank you for listening to Esoterotica, erotica from New Orleans. As always, a sign-off from our own, Ame Sans Savant. Other than that, I know we can't wait to see you so very soon, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay sexy, and get fucked! All of our online shows are produced by Jeff Munsterman and Shadow Angelina. Sound recording and mixing by Jeff Munsterman. All rights reserved by the provocateurs of Esoterotica. <laughs>